Hey there, Evil Dead fans! Welcome to another episode of the Ash vs. Evil Dead After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight we are talking about Season 3, Episode 2, Booth 3. We've got a lot of stuff to cover tonight, including Ash being a dad, not great at it, uh, Necronomicon Laura about the Knights of Sumeria, and of course, Booth 3. Stay tuned, guys. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV! And now, let the buzz begin! I <laughs> I have to say, Lucretia, I don't know about you, but I think I'm going to think about this song a little differently now. <laughs> I know, this actually, you know, is almost like more, more, more from the Jeffrey Dahmer movie that now every time I hear this song, I'm going to think about something weird. <laughs> I like it. Now, I think the only thing that could have, like, enhanced uh, tonight's episode is if this entire sequence had been done like this music video. Oh, yeah. That would have been hilarious. Oh, that would have been spectacular. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But in the meantime, I'm just going to jam out to this. Hey there, Evil Dead fans! Welcome back to the Ash vs. Evil Dead After Show on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight, we are talking about Booth 3. I'm Megan Salinas, and uh, with me, as always, Lucretia Lyon. Hey, guys. Since I'm Lucretia Lyon, you can... Uh, find me right here, right now. Sadly, talking about Ash vs. Evil Dead. I know, right? Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> this episode was ridiculous. Um, but sadly, uh, Lex couldn't join us tonight. He is on a work trip. And uh, Emma Fife sadly, is a little under the weather, so she can't join us either. Guys, well, at the end of the show, we will send you their Twitter, so you guys can send them all of your well wishes. Yeah, um, they're really just watching the Oscars. <laughs> uh, watching horror represent tonight. We've got some big winners, so yeah. <laughs> I've only, yeah. The only thing I've seen the winner announced for is Best Animated, so oh, yeah. I guess keep me spoiler free but I was very happy to hear the winner for that one right. well I will keep it spoiler free then fantastic yeah and for all of you guys watching live we really appreciate your viewership especially since the awardee awards are on tonight so thank you guys so so much for tuning in Um, Lucretia I want to get your initial impression about this episode because I've kind of I've been like smiling from ear to (sighs) ear ever since the credits started rolling and I don't think I'm going to be able to stop anytime soon. <laughs> I know because now every time I hear this song I'm just going to think about Ash uh, you know we thought that this was pretty close to Ash in the Butt last year and they said that they were going to try to top that but yeah definitely his magazine becoming a deadite and trying to rip his balls off and then him basically slapsticking around in his own jizz I mean that, <laughs> that was pretty good <laughs> I Again, I don't think it quite tops the morgue scene from from last season. Although I feel like that is completely debatable. Because I don't know how you top that scene. But the second he walked into a sperm clinic and you see sort of the the sort of parallel in terms of look to that, sh- to that scene from last year. And I was like, oh my gosh, are they going to do it? This is the scene that everybody's been talking about <laughs> leading up to this episode. Because a, a few people were mentioning before the episode airs, I think Sam Raimi in particular, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, listeners, viewers, but apparently Sam Raimi said that one of, this episode had one of the best scenes in all of the Evil Dead franchise. Like, franchise as a whole. Now, would we say that this scene sort of, does that... Does that line up with that that hype? It's pretty damn close if it doesn't. 
I don't know if it would be in my like top five moments, but I would say definitely top ten for sure. Oh yeah, like I mean, how I, topping Ash in the butt is almost near impossible to me. But they came pretty close, especially when it's like you see the whole setup and you're like, oh, God, stuff's going to happen here. And you just know it. But then you're very pleasantly surprised because I wasn't expecting it to be the magazine or, I mean, certainly all the sperm everywhere. Like, you know. And like. And the stuff about his dad was really funny. We love Ash. But it's also really fun to see his vices, especially in this incarnation of Ash. It's fun to see his vices catch up with him in various ways because he's, we love him, but he's an arrogant, misogynist kind of dirtbag sometimes. So (laughs) even even though he, like, fights evil all the time, there's something kind of gratifying about seeing a porno magazine come to life and inflict pain on his junk. Like, there's just something really funny and, like karmically satisfying about that. Well, yeah, especially, like, just before this scene, he is then reminded of the fact that he's like, um, yeah, who knew that having all that sex was gonna come back to haunt me one day? And Kelly's like, yeah, who knew? That's why I love is she's always there to put Ash in his place and be sarcastic about it. But yeah, it's like, and then he starts to think about it, and he's like, oh, crap, um, you know, that's how he made the bulk of his income, I'm sure, was at the sperm bank. And apparently, like father, like son. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that scene when he initially walks into the sperm bank and they said that his father, Brock, was also a great donor, but that they could never use any of it. Because of syphilis and he's like, TMI. TMI, guys. <laughs> like, knowing that you go to the same sperm bank as your father, that you have a regular booth. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> This whole setup. And not to mention, can we talk about the fact that I think everyone in Elk Grove is, like, morally reprehensible? Because this woman (laughs) was willing to break the law for the town hero because of a 30% coupon. Yeah, dude, I'm like, I should move there. I got a ton of Bed Bath & Beyond coupons. It's like, I wonder what I could get for those. These people are willing. Like, I'd be an excellent private investigator. You can get stuff done just with a 20% off coupon. Who knew? Like, we knew they were never the sharpest tools in the shed. No town that could produce Ash Williams is going to be, like, known for its scientific breakthroughs. But, like, again, I didn't I didn't sort of <laughs> expect this, this sort of level of, like, moral... What's the word when you don't care? Like, just at all. Like, morally bankrupt, yeah. I guess. I guess is a good way to put it. Ah, and, so. and do you think she was going to use the 30% off on the hardware part of the store or the sex toy emporium? I'm going to go with the latter. You know, well, yeah. here's a question. If she did use it for the sex toy part of the store, would that technically count as like a tax deduction? Like, could she could she have like grabbed an office P card and used it to purchase a sex toy? Because technically that could be for the office. That's brilliant. See, the, you know it's tax time when we're thinking about write-offs, <laughs> even with sex toys. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Yeah, because, I mean, depending on what it is, if it aids in ejaculation at all, that is part of her job. Or And maybe it's not just a sperm clinic. Maybe it's a reproductive clinic as well. Yeah. Maybe women, you know, so who who knows? Like a Planned Parenthood sort of thing. No. Yeah, you never know. 
You never know. And now we'll never know because she's dead. Uh, I know. <laughs> burning questions will never be answered. <laughs> nope. All the questions that we have about this sperm bank <laughs> <laughs> just shows you how mature I am. I'm sitting here giggling like an idiot because this scene was just absolutely fantastic. I mean, it was literally everywhere. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that Ash, uh, after the fact, like, didn't even bother to explain himself. He was just like, that's just a long, awkward story. <laughs> Don't worry about it, guys. Well, yeah, because there's clearly a stain on his pants and everything. Like, and then I'm sure that they're wildly speculating. And even though they've been around Ash, still probably wouldn't have come to this conclusion. All he has to say is deadites. Deadites. Yep. Deadites. That's all I have to say. Like, he is the absolute worst at, like, coming clean because the way he always explains it always makes him <laughs> look as guilty as possible. And also, that, oops, I'm sorry. I didn't mean I'm sorry. For that that yeah. pun was just so good. I didn't mean for that to be a double entendre. I just meant that Ash is really bad at explaining himself in situations where it looks like he's attempt he's killed some people. He always looks guilty. Yeah, that's been his problem in this town, you know, <laughs> up until now, even though it's like, yeah, you're the town hero. And even then he's like, ex on the murdery. <laughs> hey, as your dad, I'm probably not supposed to be telling you to lie to the police, but lie to the police. Yeah. Uh, Renji90998 weighs in on the uh, sperm bank talk. He's like, I was kind of hoping someone would uh, say a shooting blanks joke. It's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Well done. Well done. So, yeah, let's talk about Ash being a dad a little bit um, because he's bad at it. Like, he is really bad at it, but I am impressed with the fact that he seems to actually want to do it, which is something that I wasn't really sure of, being as Ash is Ash. And he's very much a lone wolf. I mean, he didn't even really want to take Pablo and Kelly in, and then, you know, that's eventually happened. So it's good to see that he's trying, I guess. Yeah, I think part of, like, the the initial reaction of, like, oh, I have a kid, in that initial fear, I think a lot of that is sort of washed away when he starts thinking about, like, I'm a dad, like... Again, he's not great at it, but it's like, hey, you're my kid, I'm your dad, like, this could be a cool thing. The fact that she's almost an adult, I think, makes it a lot easier for him to accept than if, some, say, somebody came to him with a baby, and then he'd be like, whoa, and he would just probably take off as soon as possible. But it's really endearing to see him try to make that effort. And I think Pablo and Kelly have kind of prepared him for that a little bit. He's like, I've already been mentoring these kids for a little while. And look, they they have flourished under my tutelage. Like, I can do this dad thing. Even though they pretty well mentor him. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. And, and what I love is, like, what does he say? Like, I suck balls at being a dad, but this is my number one focus. Brandy. You know, and my balls, but yeah. <laughs> we can't let the deadites yeah. take this away. Yeah, Brandy, my daughter, yeah. or or my balls. Yeah, that that's a no deadite zone anymore. Nope. <laughs> that's a legitimate concern after the clinic. Yeah, I mean, he he did have a case there. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, and I guess it's also another thing to think about that, like he's lost every family member that he's had. Um, you know his dad was killed by deadites his sister was killed because of deadites and brandy is effectively the only family he has left and he i guess he feels like he has the closest thing he'll ever feel like having an obligation to anybody 
Um, that and he seems surprisingly responsible when it comes to his store. He's like, we got to fight evil. But also, I run a business. I run a legitimate establishment. I think he takes a lot of pride in his store, oddly enough. And that's what I like, too, is we do see some sort of adult behavior from Ash, wanting to put Brandy first and the only Ash way he can. And then you see him, like, actually caring about his store. Because I do feel like there's a part of Ash, even though he and his dad had issues, that that's what seems to be driving him with this store, is his dad's legacy. Because he's just crossing out his dad's (laughs) name and putting his anyway. (laughs) It's like he doesn't want to take it away, or he's cheap one. It's one part being cheap one part being lazy and one part being across my dad's name out but i'm not i'm not gonna take my dad's name down see this is ash he's he's a little bit of a sweetheart but mostly just a fuck up (laughs) (laughs) it's all those things that's what makes him an interesting lovable character um but something also kind of sort of surprising is that ruby when you know she came to this town from the future decided to establish herself in the school of all places, before it was widely known that this girl was Ash's daughter. So it's kind of interesting. It's like, how long did she know ahead of time that this was Ash's daughter? Or did she just sort of establish herself as the school counselor because it was just it just seemed to be a convenient place to lay low? Yeah, like, that's what I found odd, because she seems surprised by Brandy saying that, but I think that maybe she's surprised that she knows. Because knowing Ruby, she had a plan to get rid of Ash's offspring, and that's why she's planning herself and trying to get Brandy to trust her. Because the idea, I think, is Brandy has to kill Ash for Mm -hmm. her baby to be able to do it. So she has to, like, befriend her. But I think she kind of was hoping Brandy wouldn't know he was her dad, maybe. Because that did throw me off a little bit. Yeah, and the fact that Brandy now feels like this counselor is the only friend she has left in the world, it's like that says a lot, one, about Brandy and her social circles, and two, about how long Ruby has been planning this as sort of a long con. Well, because, too, didn't Brandy just move there as well? Like, that was sort of like a new thing. So she hasn't been there very long, and that may have been the thing, is Ruby, you know, established herself on purpose to this new student and everything. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. It's hard uh, to say. But, yeah. You know, kudos to Ruby. <laughs> um, before we before we keep going with the episode, I wanted to talk to you guys really quickly. Um, uh, we have an announcement here at After Buzz, and we want to ask our viewers, do you guys want to have fun, learn, grow in all areas of your life? For those who do, have we got a podcast for you. Conversations with Maria Menudos. Podcast edition is hosted by our After Buzz TV founder, Maria Menudos, and drops every Friday on iTunes. Conversation... Uh, Conversations with Maria Menudos features celebrity and influencer interviews, along with secrets and tips on how to be better in all aspects of life, from health and wellness to career and relationships, finances and more. Let our Maria be the big sister you never had. Just go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversations with Maria Menudos for free. Be sure to rate and comment when you uh, and when you do. Let Maria know it was us who got you there, specifically Ashley Ash versus Evil Dead panel. Conversations with Maria Menudo's podcast podcast edition. Check it out. Um, no joke, guys. We wouldn't be here if it weren't for Maria who and Kevin who founded this network. So it would really mean a lot to us if you guys went to iTunes to check that out. And honestly, I feel like Ash could have learned. He clearly wants to grow in yeah. his life and become a 
a better person, I feel like he needs to subscribe to the podcast. Yeah, he really does need some help. <laughs> He's making that yeah. effort. And you know what? That's the first step. The second yeah. step is subscribing on iTunes. And that is the thing, is we do see Ash, and you know, maybe we will see him use, you know, podcasting to learn <laughs> about how to be a better dad and a better hardware um, and sex emporium owner. Oh my gosh, could you imagine the Ash podcast? Like, <laughs> as hosted by Ash. Like, I'm going to give you all the tips on how to fight evil and kill demons and stuff. And it's great. And also, I'll give you lots of sex tips along the way. Uh, that would be the Ash podcast. <laughs> like, it would be, those are Ash's two things. <laughs> but, and then bad parenting advice. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. Um, so speaking of Ruby, we also have this cold open where we kind of pick up from where we left off at the last episode, where she's getting ready to give birth to this demon spawn. And she nearly hits this couple of hitchhikers, and that's when the, the deadite baby explodes <laughs> into the backseat. Um, I really appreciated this cold open. It's really cool whenever they decide to go gory. And we get a little bit of that slapstick that we get later in the episode with just how cartoonish and over the top it is to have a deadite baby just go to town on this poor hitchhiker. <laughs> Yeah, what I always love about this show is every open is always like blood's better. So you know that's coming, but you're just like, oh, I would have thought it was the blood all over the inside the car. It's like, yep. no, 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 we got to wait till, you know, we're going to go a little bit longer until the dead, deadite baby just gets this guy. You know? <laughs> um, I will say I would not want to be a hitchhiker or a camper <clears throat> or really any bystander doing anything in the Asterisk is Evil Dead world. You go outside of your apartment uh, and or house and you could run into a demon. That's all I'm saying. That is what happens. Uh, Renji90998 in the chat says, Rosemary's baby got nothing on rubies. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Now there's there's a mashup I'd love to see. Exactly. It's like, you know, it is a demon spawn. Love to see those two kids duke it out for sure. Um, so one of the things talking about the Necronomicon and we, we find out that this demon spawn was basically born from Ash's image, which explains why she was wiping the blood all over that picture of him in the Necronomicon. So I, that's an interesting way to go about it. If she's trying to, you know, sort of knock off the chosen one and have the chosen ones, I guess, destiny passed down to someone else, which I didn't realize was something that could be done, but that's always fun learning new things about the Necronomicon. Well, it is very biblical, um, you know, creating someone in your image to be the, the, you know... The, savior. The savior, it's like, yeah. um, wasn't that Jesus? <laughs> I was oh, like, I haven't please. been to Sunday school in a long time, but Nobody I was like, Nobody tell Ash that he is Jesus. No, <laughs> he has a big enough head being told he's El Jefe and the chosen one. No, no one tell him he's Jesus. Yeah, I feel like someone's gonna make that comparison later, though. Um, I always appreciate whenever they do creative things, uh, with necronomicon lore like i loved the little bits of animation that we got yeah that was really cool how they did it that's why it's like you couldn't have done the take on me bit (laughs) (laughs) exactly just make it all sketchy you even established earlier in the episode that That you guys can do that that you got animators yeah (laughs) um but we we 
found out about this story that gives us a little bit more background on Ruby herself and on sort of the history of the Knights of Sumeria. Uh, and one, it you know, it was created by the Dark Ones, as we <laughs> as we well know. But also that the Dark Ones were betrayed by one member who happens to be Ruby, which is new information, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, uh, because we've just known that she's a Dark One. So she banished them away. So she's Lucifer? Potentially. <laughs> like, she said yeah. she's had a ton of names. This seems like church. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, she banished the other Dark Ones away. And it sounds like didn't kill them, just like sort of sealed them off, which makes me wonder if we're going to see more Dark Ones later on. Um, especially if we're going to be messing with the Necronomicon more. And that there also happened to be, you know, going back to the medieval the medieval era, so to speak, um, after Ash retrieved the Necronomicon and then conceivably went home. It's hard to tell timeline-wise where this happened, but apparently there was a mystic named Kaya who wanted to use the Necronomicon for her own means and then was basically trapped within the book as sort of a not necessarily a punishment for her hubris, but as a result of her meddling for sure. Now, it's very rare that this show chooses to give us a bit of Necronomicon lore without it coming back later. Is Kaya actually going to be our big bad later in this season? Or is that just something that maybe maybe we'll get little bits and pieces of later on? Or perhaps maybe Kaya was the woman that appeared in front of Pablo. Yeah, and that's kind of what I wonder if that was not her. Because, you know, much like with Ball, we got a little bit of stuff uh, leading up to it before we actually saw the person but this would be interesting because we you know we have a mask and maybe kaya is somebody we've already met like in human form or something but yeah being that it's tied to pablo and because he has the sumerian writing on him he is part of the necronomicon that would make more sense yeah yeah it would yeah it would make sense that she especially potentially using the ruse of him Say or her saying that Pablo's uncle sent her. Now yeah. that could be a legitimate thing um, because we we saw in the preview for this entire season that we do see Pablo's uncle El Brujo uh, helping him out with some ritual with the Necronomicon. But we also know that the Necronomicon is capable of taking forms and showing people things that aren't necessarily there to get them to do what they want. Well, yeah, and two, Pablo is always somebody who is hesitant for these things, but if he does feel like it is his uncle, the Brujo, maybe that would be easier to manipulate him. And, I mean, you know... Lindsay, I mean, uh, Dalton is already suspicious of Pablo and the Sumerian writing and how that could be potentially evil because, as we've seen, it, it is. But Pablo is the right vessel because he is the heart of the show. But it's like, well, I mean, will the evil, you know, do him in? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, according to Dalton, the eventually evil will win out and Pablo will go full demon as he describes. Yeah, and that's what everybody's afraid of and I think even Kelly is starting to question, you know, if Dalton's right because, you know, Pablo does seem like sketchy and not wanting to reveal things but I think, you know, she also sees that maybe he's a little jealous of Dalton. You yeah. Know, and hopefully Kelly will be the one to believe Pablo. And Well, and I'm wondering if uh, that, you know, the reason why he is, you know, as whole as he is, is because he does have 
a heart of gold. But I'm wondering if the Necronomicon isn't going to take advantage of his negative feelings towards Dalton. Yeah. Um, because we see that Pablo does have a little bit of resentment because Kelly did leave. She left him and Ash to go forge her own path and then came back with this guy who rides a motorcycle and claims to be super awesome at killing demons. And he's so pretty. <laughs> he's and, very handsome. And that's the thing is Pop. Well, and two, how much of this is just Pablo being jealous insecure, and then, yeah. you know, insecure as opposed to, you know, having a legitimate like, hey, what's this dude doing here? We had our thing going, you know. How do we know we can trust him? And yeah, yeah. We're, we're the ghost beaters. This guy is like a fourth wheel. It's kind of weird. I don't know. I don't know, guys, if he fits in. Now, initially, I was thinking that Dalton was not long for this world, but he's dropping this, you know, stuff with lore. He's setting up this interesting dynamic between Kelly and Pablo. Maybe Dalton sticks around for a little longer than I thought. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking is because of the Knights of Sumerian. Um, lore and everything that we have with him and this, you know, dynamic now uh, challenging Pablo and Kelly's relationship. I feel like he will be if he does die this season like most characters do on this show, it will be later. And it may be at Pablo's hands. I mean, you know. Potentially. Oh. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Poor Pablo. He's mm-hmm. trying so hard. Um, now, I feel like that just about covers it. Is there anything else we wanted to touch on within the episode itself before we move on into predictions? I think that pretty well got all of it. Because, yeah, as we say, you know, it was pretty well, you uh, yeah. know, a succinct episode. And the, spend a lot of time in the, the jizz bank there. Yeah. Oh, the jizz bank was so great. <laughs> now, the only thing I guess I do want to like touch on, it's mostly brandy-oriented, but that... Again, I think we can save that for predictions. So, yeah, let's go ahead and dive on into some predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. So, talking about Brandy, um, knowing that Ruby is there to manipulate her, and again, knowing that Ruby has been there for some time and has grown close to Brandy. How long do we think it's going to last that Brandy will stick around with Ash and team? Well, yeah. Um, actually, I had the benefit of talking with Ariel Carver. You did! Neil, so you did. I, I actually have a little bit of scoop. And if you guys want to f- see the rest of the interview, it is on the same channel for AfterBuzzTV.com. Uh, feel free to watch that. She was a delightful young lady um, who was also a Buffy fan. But back to Ash <laughs> Evil Dead. Um, she said that in, in one of the previews that we watched is that she will be, you know, very cautious of Ash. Especially, you know, she was unaware of this person. All she knows him as the jokey town hero who prob- who everyone forever thought killed somebody and now Ruby has planted that seed so Ruby I think will be controlling Brandy you know and her feelings about her father at least for the first couple of episodes it does seem that their relationship is going to be a little bit more uh, you know I think grounded for Ruby because as she says Ash is a goofy weirdo and it's like wouldn't you be a little cautious of this guy <laughs> if an Ash type character wandered into my life right after the death of the horrific death of my mother 
uh, and was being all ash about it, yeah, I'd probably be like, okay, yeah, cool, bye. Not, not, not great, not great. Yeah, because that is the thing. Is like as as cool as we love and as much as we love Ash, we're like, okay, if we're in Brandy's <laughs> shoes, you'd be like, I don't want to be around this no, weirdo. I'm good, yeah. especially again, you know, being familiar with the the town lore surrounding this murderer. Ashy slashy. Yeah, <laughs> um, and to have a school counselor look you dead in the eye and go, "This man shot his sister in the face." <laughs> That's bad. He's a cold-blooded murderer. You probably should not be around him. You're going to listen to that authority figure in that scenario. Well, yeah, because, again, you know, Ruby had pretty well established herself as her only friend, very isolating and stuff like that, as one does when they're manipulating. But, you know, through Brandy's eyes, this she has no reason to doubt Ruby, as she does with Ash. Yeah, and yeah. Ruby puts on a great facade. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like... I. For a couple minutes, like I did buy it. I was like, "Oh yeah, look at look at that school counselor." Wait a minute. Um, so yeah, I feel like the the key to Ash's undoing, especially because he's trying really hard, is going to be Brandy. And um, Ruby has already planted this seed, as you said, of him not being trustworthy because he murdered his own sister. Who, by the way, Brandy slept in her room. What's wrong with you, Ash? Yeah. There's so much wrong with that for a number of reasons. One, Cheryl died, was a demon recently. Two, your buddy kind of would masturbate in that room all the time, and that's real weird and gross. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like... Not the, all the Cheryl stuff aside, let's go to the Chet stuff where he clearly revealed that he would masturbate in there because he loved Cheryl and all that. And it was like Real so gross. weird. Real gross. Yeah, I I hope bare minimum somebody ran those sheets through the washer and dryer before Brandy slept in them. Or set them those on fire, maybe bought some new ones, I don't know. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Just set fire to all of it. That's the only way to be sure. Yeah, Ash is a businessman now. He can afford new sheets. He absolutely can. Not to mention that the room is covered in like art of Cheryl and also <laughs> demonic imagery. Uh, I guess Chet was a little bit of an artist. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Who did that? <laughs> yeah, it's like, this is just weird. This is unsettling. And you can tell she didn't exactly have a great night's sleep. Yeah. Um, the other thing, like, was that not being familiar with Deadites, and no one has explained to her as of yet that Deadites will deceive you. So, because when Ash murdered her friend, Rachel, uh they did the deadite thing yeah. of like, oh, I'm going to turn back into this person for a hot second. See, it's really me. And so the last thing her friend ever said, uh, you know, as far as Brandy can see, is calling out to her for help. And then her father stomped her to death. With a heart. With a that heart, was pretty cool. Which was really <laughs> awesome. So I feel like Ruby's probably going to use that information as well to sort of twist the knife Again, because nobody's explained to Brandy, as far as we can tell, on how deadites work. Yeah, and that's why I think it'll take Pablo, who's very objective. And also, he and Kelly are willing to call Ash out on his crap. They're not, like, <laughs> his biggest fans. Like, I'm afraid Dalton might be. <laughs> but, yeah, like, um, I feel like they'll be the ones to pull her, you know, and explain this. But, yeah, it's like, because Ash clearly is not in the mood of explaining anything. Not even his uh, trip to the sperm bank. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I said, he's the worst at explaining things. Nope. 
All right. Um, any other predictions that we want to touch on? I think that's it. I think so. All right, guys. Well, thank you so, so much for tuning in. Um, if you guys haven't already done so, please go to iTunes to rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We love hearing from you guys. This is the best way to let our producers know that you guys like the show that we're putting on. Um, we'll do, go ahead and do the iTunes shout-outs next week. Uh, and, um, yeah, don't forget to do that because you will get a shout-out on the show. We love you guys. All right. <laughs> Lucretia, where can people go if they want to find you? You guys can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And while you're on iTunes, giving this show a little review and subscribing to Conversations with Maria Menounos, why don't you go ahead and subscribe to my podcast, Mrs. Brightside. Megan will actually be my <laughs> uh, guest on next week's show. So, And, of course, eventually there'll be the Lex Michael. I've got Dave Child on this week. You guys might recognize his voice here from After Buzz. It's a really fun little positive comedy podcast, and I'd love for you to subscribe and let me know what you think. Uh, guys, yeah. and it's yeah. so much fun. It was a ridiculous amount of fun. So thank you so much for, yeah. for letting me be a part of that. It was so fun. Um, again, uh, please, if you haven't already done so, follow Lex and Emma on Twitter at the Lex Michael and at Emma Fife. Again, send them your well wishes because we miss them and we love them. Uh, and I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I am also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz. Uh, I do lots of things. Um, be sure to also check out Apparitions on YouTube, where I do the voice of the main character, Adeline. And follow uh, at static underscore stations if you guys want to keep up to date with updates on that. So thank you guys so, so much for watching. We will see you all next week. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Cheers you later! <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 